Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the live Q&A with yours. Truly hope you all are doing exceptional well. Hope you guys are having an amazing Tuesday. Hope you all are excited about um, these weeks uh, Christmas. And I hope you all are having a blessed season uh, this so far. But for those who are watching for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzi, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for, uh, with God's uh, optimal use. And so after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who's been rocking with me for a long time, whether you've been subscribed for 13 years or you've been subscribed uh, for three minutes, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted in me. And I pray that it's treasure to you. But as everyone is coming in live, I want to make sure that you guys know about a few things. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you need relationship coaching, spiritual coaching, singleness coaching, purpose, branding, etc. Make sure you check out my website, imunplugged.com and go to the custom coaching tab. For those who's watching me live right now on YouTube, that link is in the uh, chat box. Those who's watching later, the links in the description box, those who are listening and whatever, all those links are there as well. And I hope you guys, uh, if you feel led to uh, see uh, 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 use of me to be your coach, but also got a brand new book, book number eight, uh, The Wholeness Journal. It's a great resource to help you process your level of wholeness and your ability to hold the important things of life. Over 120 or so um, reflective questions, as well as 25 articles, as well as 52 opportunities um, to assess your level of wholeness. So that book is available now, as well as a card game. The first one who spell whole wins is a fun, interactive card game um, for those who want to uh, um, play with family, friends, significant others to see how well you guys or holding holding all those cards games books are available now on my website i am unplugged.com now we got some people in here now let's see what we got uh marina hey coach josh merry christmas merry christmas you too mary uh mariana says how do you not let what family members say behind your back get to you well if they're saying it behind your back then they have no effect on your future those who are in front of you are those individuals who's either going to be looking to pull you or are guiding you. But those who talk behind your back deserves to be behind your back. Anything happening behind your back should never cause slack or lack in your life or even try to hold you back because those individuals are insecure. And those individuals obviously envy you because those who can't be in front of you envy you. So how do you not let family members say behind your back? You have to understand that oftentimes your life is a mirror to their life and it makes them feel bad about where their life is. And when you begin to really process, number one, who they are, look at Jesus. Jesus was doing ministry and his mom and brother came, disciples like Jesus, your family's out. He says, who's my mother? Who's my brother? For those who are in the kingdom of God, those are my mothers, those are my brothers. What he was saying was, if you're not with me, then you're against me. If you're not for me, then you're not family. And so you have to understand, I understand in cultures and different groups, family is everything. But you have to understand that once you become saved, you have a new family. You have a new order of life. You have a heavenly father, right? And so that's why it's important for you to understand that in life, family will come against you. Family will talk behind your back. But that's why you got to keep going forward. If it's behind your back, don't let it hold you back. So practically, how you cannot let family members hinder what you got to say? First, you got to ask, who are they? Are they acting like a mother? A mother is one who nurtures. Are they acting like a father? A father is one who instructs. Are they acting like a brother or a sister? Those who love you and got your back. If they're not acting at those titles, they may have it by now. But if they're not acting as a verb, then forget what you heard. Right? That's just how it is. Like, like you have to look at, are you acting like my mother? Are you acting like my father? If not, then God is going to surround you with people that's going to support you. Number two, what are they actually saying? 
What are they saying about you? Is it true? It, well, what are they saying about Because even your haters have some intel. So even if they are saying something negative about you, consider what they're saying. But 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 either way, what are they saying? If it's not true, don't let it be stuck to you like glue, right? And so what you got to do is just say, you know what? I got to focus on my purpose. I got to focus on my goals. I got to look forward and not wondering who is saying what behind me. Delta Jim, thank you for watching. Rio says, advice for a man to protect his wife from over-controlling mother with Jezebel spirits? Great question. Um, the Bible says, uh, men, wash your husbands, wash your wives with the word. Um, living by the word is also a part of washing with the word, washing their mindset. And so the thing is, you got to lead by example, um, because if you try to dictate how the individual engage with that kind of spirit and you're trying to fight flesh with flesh, then you're going to lose at best. Right. But if you fight the flesh with the spirit, when you're with flesh to flesh, all you could do is be kind. The Bible says kindness will eat coals of fire in a person's head. In other words, it will help renew their mind, right? But if you're knowing what's going on in the spiritual world, all you got to do is while you're walking in love in front of them, in your prayer closet, you're going against the spirit that's in them. So this is what you do. Anytime you uh, are dealing with spiritual warfare or controlling manipulative spirits and you see that a significant other is falling prey to it, that's when you pray through it. And what I mean by that is you target your prayers right at the demonic spirit that's there. Right. The issue is you got to stay with spiritual warfare. Demons are going to try to get you frustrated. De the best way to get you off your block, to get you off your prayer clock, right, to get you away from whatever it is that God wants you to pray on specifically about that demonic spirit is for you to fight flesh with flesh. She will get more agitated the more you begin to pray that demon off of her. Right. The, your wife may even become even more uh, uh, clingy to the individual the more you begin to pray. But the Bible talked about when Daniel, that when Daniel was praying, uh, the angel heard him on day one, but the prince principality of Persia, try to keep him from pushing through into Daniel. You have to be consistent while still walking in love. The reason why I say that is so that you can always rise above what they try to throw at you, right? Because they're going to try to throw things to get you. The demons are going to try to throw things through the flesh that they're using to get you to fight flesh and flesh, cause you to be frustrated, end up causing you to be trying to be finished with it, right? But what you do is even in the midst of, you already know the game. You already know what's being plain, uh, plainly seen in front of your sight. So what you do is, is that you continue to walk in love, continue to be kind and walk away if you start feeling yourself getting out of line. But in the meantime, get in your prayer closet and pray, target prayers against that individual, not individual, but that demonic demon spirit in the individual. So what you'll say is, I command every demonic controlling spirit using this individual to cease. I counsel every plot and scheme. I break any type of connecting spirits that's trying to connect generationally through this said person and your spouse, right? And your wife, right? Because you're the head of the house, fam. And that's when you stand your ground and, and, and operate as you at the head of the house. And then ask the Holy Spirit to open the door for you to have a conversation with your wife so that she can be abreast of what's going on in that situation. That's some basic spiritual warfare advice that I think will help you, fam, when it comes to dealing with someone trying to control. Listen, the enemy's going to try to open or utilize any open door, open window, any area to try to get into your home to sabotage it. You as a man, you control it. So what you do, you keep loving on your wife, keep loving on that mother that's in that person's life. And then if it starts getting to a place where your wife is not bending and then you got to operate and say hey, yo we're not going to be around that 
Simple as that. If, but but ask the Holy Spirit first to open an opportunity for you to have a conversation with your wife after them prayed over a few nights, after them prayed for it. And when you begin to see the open door opening in regards to you to have an open conversation with her, then you can communicate boldly what the demonic spirit is trying to do to sabotage your union because Jezebel spirits wants to control men because men don't want to be men of God. And men of God take stand, takes a stand, especially in their family. Jenny D, what's going on? Jacko says, do you do you do weight loss coaching? Think I will need it post-Christmas. Yeah, I can help you with that. I'm in my journey right now. It's been a heavy season. Therefore, I got a little heavy. You know, I'm trying to get back to them slim rev days. But if you need some coaching, let me know, man. I will help you. Um, go to my website, imunplugged.com. I'll go ahead and post that right now so you can see it. Iamunplugged.com. I do have some insights and a history and losing weight. And I'm losing weight even now because of the season I just went through, but it's simple and I, I can possibly help you, uh, especially if there's any type of emotional elements involved, um, social elements involved that, be, that is causing you not to evolve, if that makes sense. So that's my website there. So hit me up. Let me know how I can help. Isaiah says, peace coach, can you talk to me about forgiveness and moving forward after an abortion? We have to understand that love covers a multitude of sin. You see what I'm saying? God's love is a perfect love that casts away all fear. And the thing with, with uh, issues like that is it causes individuals to be afraid of God. Therefore, they drift from God because they don't think they're welcomed or loved by God. God will forgive you of that. And God can cleanse you from any type of uh, demonic, emotional or biological connections to that situation. Right. And so when it comes to forgiveness, you have to understand that God knew that you was going to do that before you was even born and still chose you. You have to understand that God can now redeem that in order for someone to stop people from having abortions or be able to reach people who after who doesn't have an abortion. He needs to find someone who has been redeemed from having abortions, who can now turn that into a ministry or talking points to help other women. See, you right now can help women in that situation better than I can because you actually experienced it at hand, right? And so when you begin to shift your perspective of instead of God doesn't love me, but versus looking at God, looking at it in the light of that God loves me and he wants to utilize my experience through forgiveness, through acceptance, through his righteousness imputed on me to be able to reach out to other ladies to help save them from those situations. Or if there are, or if there's a, 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 um, uh, 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 a congregation or a group of ladies who's already done it, I am well equipped with all the emotions and all the frustrations to be able to help. So right now, embrace the process that you're in, the healing process that God is bringing you through. But what I would do is, is that I would get into the scriptures and begin to study and research the love of God and how God's love covers most to the sin and how God's love is, is, is dense and that he wants to uh, 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 pop out all the dents that's been hidden on towards you, especially the situation. So never look at your sin better than or bigger than any other person's sin. God can heal you through the consequences that comes emotionally or biologically from it. And then if once you allow them, your mind to be renewed after you realize that Jesus is righteous on you and now you can stand rightly before God and, and, and in that righteousness, you can then begin to live righteously in your deeds, freed from any past actions. Then you'll begin to see how God will utilize your experiences to reach so many other women. So I hope that helped, family. Jenny D says, <clears throat> hey, coach, should Christians pray back to sender prayers? I always felt uncomfortable about these kinds of prayers. The Bible says to love and pray for our enemies, but I see so many pastors 
who do that. I don't even know what that is. Let me see what that is. Uh, hey, coach, should Christians pray back to sender prayers? Let me see what that is. And if someone in the comments, uh, uh, let me know what that means real quickly. Uh, let me see if anybody knows what that means. Uh, let me see if you say anything else. Jenny D. Should Christians pray back to sender prayer? Oh, I see. I see. Uh, to me, man, I don't, I don't necessarily now. It just depends. If I I don't know exactly how these preachers utilize that terminology, uh, but I just I just counsel all plots and schemes when it comes to spiritual warfare. And so I don't necessarily say I send it back to the person. You know what I'm saying? I do send it back to hell. I do send it back to where it once dwelt. I send it back to them. What I mean by that is like if it's especially if it's warlocks, witches, uh, people who are who are not even humans, demonic spirits, I send that stuff back. But I never I never be like God, whoever human being who's being manipulated, manipulated and used bring hell up in life. No, I don't do that. No, I don't do that. Uh, um, But if you now I get it, the Bible says to love and pray for enemies. But I see so many pastors who do that. Well, most pastors are theatrical with those different things. I just counsel plots and schemes. I just uh, uh, pray against every weapon formed against me that they won't prosper. I don't get too caught up on enemies, senders and all that kind of stuff. I just focus on the spiritual realm and, 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 and ceasing the demonic attacks that's coming against my life. That's why my life has been smooth. There may be things that may whatever, whatever, but and for the most part, um, demons can't really get as close as they can because I counsel the plots and schemes, right? And even right now, I'm protected even by doing this ministry. I even I even counsel their plots and schemes of retaliation against me doing this ministry now. And so that's just what I do. But I don't really focus on enemies and haters and people who are doing those kind of things. Those those preachers who are overly consumed by that, it's more for the, theatrical reasons, not necessarily theological ones. Michelle Miller says, hey, coach, it's been a minute since I've been on. Good to have you, Michelle. Where you been? Hope you're well. Hope you're well. Delta Jim says, suggestion for how a 40-year-old woman should date. Great question. Here's a good thing I will say to any woman at that age. Uh, date God. In this stage, date God and date yourself. And then you will become dateable to date the love of your life forever. And what I mean by that is, is that when you try to engage at that age and at this stage of your life, then you may find yourself uh, uh, at rage. You might find yourself even more frustrated because the dating pool or the options necessarily in that area in our own effort or in your own effort can cause you to become even more frustrated, right? But if you just continue to date God, spend time with God, set moments, set times, set locations where you spend time with God and in that you become more content with the will of God and then the will of God would then begin to show you things you can do with the skills of God, the spiritual skills and that be developing in you as you date yourself, you know yourself, and then in God's providential timing, God will bring that man into your life. Distract yourself with dating God and dating yourself so that you won't be overly consumed with the idea of me being 48 and I'm not married yet, right? And so don't be discouraged. Be excited that, that, that God wants to do magnificent things to you. And could it be that there are certain things that you have to do in your single life that will then set you up to be in position? Because let me tell you something, the man God has for 
rescue is going to find you in your purpose and you're going to find him in his purpose. God is never going to have you. Now, I don't like the way to say never with God. What I'm saying is God is not going to put you in a position where you are completely unaware of what you're called to do and then try to find someone. Right. And so what I would do is I won't even think about dating anybody at this point. I won't even think about going on no online dating. I won't think about trying to make yourself available. Keep being available to God. And in the process, you will begin to find contentment in God. And then you'll begin to find the different contents inside of you that's going to make you uniquely you that will then position you to find the one that will equal you. That's my best advice there. Layla says, how do you even start off giving your whole self to God? Great question. It's going to be a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey because at this moment, we don't even fully understand the depths of our heart and how much that has been torn apart and not really been placed in, 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 in the face of God and given to God. But what it means is that I am willing to enjoy the process of giving my whole self to God. And so how do you even start off? It's by looking at your life and asking, like, what part of your life is not has yet to be given to God? And how are the products and pieces that you have given over to God? So write on a sheet of paper all the things you believe you have given to God. Secondly, write down all the things in your life you know you're struggling with giving over to God. And then also write on a list of things you know for a fact you haven't given over to God. And then you get into God's word and begin to look up scriptures on Google that tailors to that issue that you've yet to give over to God. And then begin to start trying. And then find out what is that thing is between you and God that's hindering you from going over to God. Some people, it's a, a fear of rejection. Some people don't believe that God loves them. Some people don't even believe that God exists. There are certain barriers. Now you got to allow the Holy Spirit through repentance and through recognition, uh, be able to brick by brick, tear that wall between you and God down to be. And that's through the word of God by seeing what does God really say about me and his acceptance of me and his desire for me. And then piece by piece, day by day, week by week, you will begin to see the trustworthiness of God. And then you're going to want to give things over to God. But it starts off by recognizing why you must have God, why you need God, the, the benefits of, of, of a life surrendered to God, uh, um, that God's processes and paths and, and ways are greater than ours. And there's trillions of benefits that comes with God at the helm, God at the lead of our lives. But you start off with a conversation. God, here am I. I want to get to know you. Open up opportunities for me to, to see me myself better, to see what barriers are between you and I. And then and then begin to say, God, I don't know how to give this over to you. I don't know how to give my singleness over to you. I don't know how to give my body over to you. I don't know how to give my mind over to you. But these are something I need to give to you. Walk with me through the process and enjoy the process, my friend. Aaron Brown says, how do you define manhood? Great question. I define manhood as a man who is completely surrendered to God a strength that comes by God. The Bible said, let the man who boasts, not boast in his riches, not boast in his might, not boast in his wisdom, but let those who boast, boast in it that they know God. A man a man of God is a man who knows God, who walks with God, a man who knows how to be gentle, a man who knows how to be meek, a man who knows how to steward well, a man who is tender and, and gentle and understanding, a man who, who doesn't mind taking responsibilities, a man of self-control, a man that's filled with fruit of the spirit, manhood is described in the word of God, you know, and there's a lot of different scriptures that, that pops up um, that describes manhood, but how I define it is biblical. 
And I think a lot of men have to really realize that in order for me to truly be a man, I got to go to the one who designed the man. I got to go to the one that died for the man. I got to go to one that rose for the man. I got to go to the one that placed the spirit inside a man. And what does that look like? What does leadership look like? What does stewardship look like? What does understanding look like? What does strength look like? And all those things are found in the word of God. And, and, and that's just how I define it. I define manhood, a man of God, a man of self-controlled, a man who's a great steward, a man who's scripturally sound, a man who is submitted, a man who is sensitive to the needs of those around him, a man who is set apart, a man who is who is uh, solid in the word of God. That's how I define uh, manhood. Michelle Miller says, what ways have helped you deal with abandonment and validation? Great question, Michelle. That's right up my alley. Well, what did I, what, uh, for those who don't know my story, I struggled with abandonment. Uh, um, I, I used to uh, uh, um, struggle with rejection and the need of people's presence. And as a young boy, I didn't really necessarily had the uh, understanding or the knowledge of what it means um, to never be abandoned and what the word of God means that he's near the brokenhearted and that he's a present help in the time of trouble. And as I got older, Michelle, I began to realize that God was always there. Sometimes it takes for you to get older and then being hindsight, looking back over your life to see just how God was supernaturally involved and part of the evolving of me, of you, right? And so when I began to realize his tangibleness and, and it really became very clear when God stripped me of my idol of ministry, when I was have a success at Oral Roberts University, I, I, began to utilize, I began to view ministry and parts of my ministry beyond that, I had uh, temptations of that, but my greatest temptation was how can I bring Christ of people. And I thought my validation was how my gift brought people to me. And then when, when God began to see that idolatry, not when he began to see it, but when he began to uh, 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 see that it was enough, he brought me away from that stuff and right into the rough of my mom's living room. And while I was there, all I had was a Bible. Uh, people was messaging me, are you coming back to ORU? Until this day, my feet, my foot, my feet have yet to touch Tulsa soil. I have yet to go back to college. The stuff that was in the storage down there, the stuff that I left in Tulsa because I couldn't take it back, all that stuff is thrown away. So when I got back to Charlotte, all I had was my Bible and my, my pride shattered. But in the shattering of my pride and the shattering of my ideals, uh, tears begin to fall to my eyes because God was there. And I was like, man, God, all I have is you now. And so what happened with the abandonment, God allowed the abandoning. He allowed people to abandon me to all I had was him. And it might not have been what everybody abandoned, but it felt that the abandoned because not everybody had full understanding. And so when I began to realize that, yo, it's me and God from here, then things became clear. Right. And then God began to surround me with ideas and purposes. And then I got productive. The best way to overcome abandonment is to realize, number one, you've never been abandoned by God. God was always there, present help. God was always available, accessible. I just didn't acknowledge or recognize that he was there. I wasn't aware that he was there. And even if I was aware, I didn't have the, the wherewithal to acknowledge him in all my ways, right? But when I began to realize and make that a practice, secondly, I began to see the beauty of being alone. 
I begin to see the beauty of being by myself and how much work I got done and how many books that I can write, right? And then I begin to realize that I'm not doing this for people like I once did. I'm doing this for the glory of God. So what I begin to do is study the glory of God and the giftings of myself and begin to really understand the wealth um, that, that is that is conjured up inside of me that is only uh, supposed to be given to God. And then that's what helped me with validation. Now, I don't need anyone to validate me because I know that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And there's something about knowing that God is there because people will come in and out. People will come in and out. People might be staying still there, but the understanding comes in now, right? And secondly, I know that, man, I get to produce on behalf of God. And if you have an idea um, that you are accepted by God and that you're valued by God and that you're loved by God, then you don't need no validation from other people because you know for a fact that it's appointed for every man to die and after that a judgment. And I refuse to allow some, some validation of people to keep me to, from not being equal to the person that God wanted me to be. That's why I don't care who's there, who's not there. I'm working on book nine now. I'm going to work on book 10. I'm going to work on book 11. I'm going to enjoy my wife. I'm going to enjoy the people that are there that God sent around me. So that's that's just basically my testimony and story on how I dealt with abandonment. Number one, realizing I was never abandoned. And when I realized that, I began to really welcome God as my best friend. And then secondly, I began to realize that being alone is a blessing. I get to work on my purpose. I get to get things done. And then when you begin to shake off, and this is what thoroughly have to do, you have to write down all the people that you feel validates you or you feel is, it means a lot to you. And no matter who they are, what they've done for you, or what they can do for you, none of them in a billion years can equal what God has done for you. So you got to put things in perspective and put people and prioritize them. And then begin to realize, hey, man, no matter how great my mom is, they can all leave. You never know. So you got to start getting your mind conditioned that as you continue to live for the for God, people will come and go, but God won't. won't. I hope that helped. Just me says, what do you do if you cannot trust friends? Um, If you can't trust them, then keep going on. You know, there's going to be people in life that you're not going to trust, but don't allow yourself to rust because you don't have no one to trust. But the good thing is you have someone you can trust who is God. And so if you can't trust their friends, they're not friends anymore. And don't get don't get hurt if friends uh, leave, because I had a lot of friends that I thought were friends. But you know what proves a friend? Those last three words minus the S in. Do they have enough endurance in their own life to be able to go to the ends of the things they want to comp to, in, to uh, finish? Right. If they don't have no endurance in their life, they're not going to be able to endure as your friend. Also, you got to ask yourself, um, uh, do, uh, uh, what is their end? If their end don't match your end and purpose, then how can they be a friend? So the two, two true measures of a friend is those who can endure in their own life and can endure strong things in their life and those who have an equal end to you, end goal in mind, end game in mind, right? And if they don't have the same end in mind that you have in mind and they can't endure in their own life, then chances are they won't make, make it long enough to be validated as a friend. So what do you do if you cannot trust friends? Befriend God and be your and befriend yourself. And then you will begin to di distribute your friendliness accordingly. So you don't so you won't welcome false friends in your life again. Delta Jim says, how should she go about the dating scene? Oh, uh, so basically what I would do, I wouldn't even show up on the scene. Don't worry about the dating scene. 
Don't even worry about the dating scene at all. Don't even worry about being seen to be on. Most people, they go to the dating scene to be seen because they want to feel validated. They want to feel uh, um, heard. They want to feel seen. They want to feel beautiful. But when you know that God's all, God saw you before you was even formed in your mother's womb, then that sight of his will make you feel all right within. So I wouldn't even worry about the dating scene. Don't even worry about that. God is the best matchmaker of all time. He knows how to pull you into a situation where you're with the person you're supposed to be with. I'm telling you, this may revolutionize a lot of way people thinking, but the way God put me and my wife together and the way I see God put people together, God doesn't need our help. All he needs is for us to help ourselves and be helpful to him so we can learn how to be a helpmate to him or them. You're so welcome, my friend. Got time for two more. I think I'm going to go. Isaiah says, Coach, we need a mixtape from you. Always rhyming. Hey, man, that's funny, man. Uh, God gets the glory. I, I don't know. That's I guess that's my unique way of teaching um, because I think it, it really helps people remember. It really helps me remember, and I just, I'm bold enough to go for it. <laughs> I don't care if it sounds corny. I don't care if it don't come out right. I just go for it, uh, and I think that's just a unique gift I have, um, and I also think it helps y'all to remember, <laughs> but if someone could put the mixtape together, I'm thinking about building a street team through YouTube. If you're interested, comment below. If you're interested in helping me support, because um, I'm looking for people to help with my channel, help me find clips, one-minute clips. I don't have the time. Uh, I don't really have the time to be able to find those 30 second clips, one minute clips that because the, the videos that I do are so huge that that it's hard to find that needle in the haystack. And for those who listen to my videos, watch and whatever, and you like, yo, this 30 second portion right here, this one minute portion, this two minute portion, this three minute portion was wild, coach. That's powerful. Because those videos will sell further out and bring people to, to my big, heavier messages. I just don't have the time. So if you're interested in, in, in being on the street team, I'm going to uh, think about some uh, ways to get this out so I can really build a team of people that really helps me with uh, um, just strategizing, marketing, getting these videos out, uh, finding those different clips. I would love your help. So let me know. Layla says, what advice would you give on how to not succumb to every area of your life being attacked? Um, what I do is I cancel every attack. And that's what you do as a, as a believer in God, as someone who has authority of Christ in them, right? You say, I cancel every plot and scheme of the enemy. Now, you got to make sure that you're not involved with the enemy. Because if you're involved with the enemy, intimate with the enemy, then it's hard for you to cancel the plots and schemes of the enemy, right? So if you're being attacked in every area of your life, you got to ask yourself, how much, what in each area am I involved with with the enemy, right? It, it, when am I, if you're attacked in your single life, if you're attacked in your marriage, if you're attacked in your health, where it, where in those areas are you involved with the enemy? Because if you're in the bed with the enemy, it's going to be hard to get the enemy out your house, right? And so, uh, so to not succumb is to understand who you are and who you need to become spiritually. You already are. You already have authority in Christ, but you got to you got to let your faith become and 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 be what needs to be, so you don't succumb, right? And so, but it begins with understanding who you are in Christ and the authority you have in Him, right? But even though if things are being attacked, you have authority to tell them, stop touching my stuff, man. I counsel every reply to me. You can't touch my house. You can't touch my spouse. You can't touch my car. You can't touch anything near or far that has Ezzy on it, whether it's in my life yet or not. I got lands right now that got my name on it. I got houses that I ain't built, vineyards I ain't had to sow that, that's, that has my name on it. I don't even know where it's at, but I know it's mine. And they can't even touch that. 
And so that when you begin to know who you are in Christ and begin to know your authority, what I would do is, is go on Google and write down the believer's authority in Christ scriptures and then begin to see what the word of God says and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to certain books and certain videos that will help you with that so that you can build yourself up and begin to know who you are in him so that you can operate for him with authority. But how not to succumb is to ask yourself, what are the consequences of succumbing? And what what in these areas are making it uh, so accessible for me to even be tempted to to succumb and then make the adjustments from there? Hope to help. Uh, OK, sending words spoken over them back to them. Oh, OK, I see what you're saying. Jenny says, thank you, coach. Always thought these passes putting on performances never felt right. Yeah, if it don't feel right, it ain't right. A lot of these preachers are theatrical preachers and not theologically sound preachers, not transformed by the spirit of God preachers. These people, people are putting on show. And if you don't feel right, then it's not right. Love it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, Michelle says, I've been working through a lot of healing so that I may be whole before I meet them. That's right. Keep healing because you can't deal if you're not healed. Uh, okay, last one. I'm done. How do you, uh, Kashandra says, how do you not fall apart with fear, worry when you're young, working, living life, but have to take on the role of a full-time caregiver for sickly parents who was always hospitalized? Um, don't look at that work as little. God will repay. Don't worry about your future if you're doing something like that. That's a that's a great job that you're doing. That's a wonderful thing that you're doing. And you may feel like that you're spending your youth in an area uh, um, that may not be or, or, or the cause of much hysteria as in regards to uh, um, um, success. Like what people celebrate, like, oh, man, that's great. Who cares what they say? You know what I'm saying? Because you're doing the work for God. You're taking care of your parents, right? And what you do is you got to shift your perspective on what you're doing. Don't worry about how much youth you're spending. Be thankful that, that God is, has someone to use their youth to help them, right? And in the process, see what you can learn. See what entrepreneurial endeavors can birth out of that. See what skills you can develop. Because God oftentimes um, sends us into situations to develop skills inside of us so that we can make deals beyond us, so that we can really become successful. So, yes, uh, 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 um, I know um, you're, you're, you got a lot on your plate, right? So now let me make sure I get to this side. He says, how do you not fall apart with fear, worry when you're young, working, living life, but have to take care? You have to understand that some things about life you have to put on pause for the cause. Some things you have to put on pause for the cause. So if if you, if living life means doing what most young people do and you don't really have the opportunity to do that. A lot of my 20s, I didn't party. I didn't drink. I didn't sleep around. I didn't do a lot of things in my 20s. All my 20s, all my teenagers was dedicated to the purposes of God. Well, the 20s, 19 through now. And I could easily cry and be like, well, I didn't really get to enjoy my. Nah, man, 20s was not meant. Your youth was not meant to be spent. Your youth wasn't meant to be spent. And that's why so many people are full of dents right now in their 30s and, and because they were in such a hurry uh, uh, um, to, to be successful and to, and to live their life. So how did I fall apart with fear is to realize that God has you. God has your future. God has your now. And don't worry about uh, 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 um, um, the work you would not because God's grace is sufficient. 
God's grace will be sufficient for you. Now you got to make sure that you're only eating what God puts on your plate and you're not necessarily adding too much on your plate that will dictate to fate, right? And so what you do, man, is just say, be thankful that, that your parents do have you. Shift your perspective. See what skills that you can develop. See what see what God could be doing and using in this. And then uh, uh, understand that he will repay and his grace is sufficient for you. I love you guys. Guys, I got to go. I feel that sitting in my spirit. Uh, hope you all uh, enjoy this video, this live. If you've been watching like, man, man, I want to make sure, man, I get my questions. And you got to hit that post notification, man. All notifications. Because like the rapture, like the rapture, no man, no woman knows the hour when coach is going to go live. But if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, you want to spend time with me one-on-one -on -one and, 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 uh, and uh, indulge in my coaching skills and whatnot, you need me to help. You, you, I mean, you got relationship problems, you uh, spiritual development issues, uh, concerns about your singleness, purpose and branding, marketing, all that kind of stuff. Make sure you go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. Let me know what your budget is uh, and I'll see what I can do. Uh, also, uh, my latest book, The Wholeness Journal, is a great book resource for those who want to uh, understand more about what it means to be whole, complete, and aware that they lack nothing and how that benefits them holding a marriage, holding kids, holding a ministry, holding businesses, then this book is for you. Over 120 reflective questions, 25 articles, and 52 opportunities for you to really process your wholeness. Also created a card game called Whole. Um, the first one is spell whole wins. W-H-O-L-E is a fun game, interactive game for those um, who desire to be whole. If you're single and you want to know the purpose of it, I got this book called The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? A great book for singles to understand who they are in God and how to maximize the singleness. Also got a book called Dating Prep. It's a, gate, a great book. Um, for you to date God, date yourself so you can become dateable, so you can date the love of your life forever. It's a great book full of a hundred or so questions to either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right relationship. If you struggle with soul ties and strongholds, I got this book called The Purpose of Freedom. Like that bird, that bird has been set free, but that bird is not fully free until it flies in its freedom. But this book talks about what it means or what a soul tie is, what a stronghold is, and how to be untied and uproot from them. Great resource there. If you're struggling with discernment and don't quite know if it's from God, this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, is a great resource. A counterfeit is anything you try to force fit in your life. A counterpart is God's piece or person that plays a part in your life. This book talks about how God confirms. Uh, it talks about um, how to discern. And it, it talks about um, just, just how to know what's in front of you to see if it's from God or not. If you have young people, third graders and up, this book called, as he says, as he for the students I serve or wise sayings and points for the students I serve is a great book. My wife and I created that's our cartoon characters in the near future. We're going to be um, giving those characters more life. We're looking forward to what God wants to do in our school system. So if you want to help support us, uh, and you want to give towards that, you can go to our website as well. We have our own mentoring program and a lot of kids that we support. If you're uh, uh, struggling with uh, spiritual warfare, here's a book called World of War Me, How to Win the War Within. It's a great resource there. We also got merch on our website as well, imunplugged.com. Like I said, if you want to give the support what we do, you can do that there. Um, I think that's it. I love you all. Thank you all so much for joining me this afternoon. I pray y'all was blessed by it. And um. Enjoy your Christmas, man, and know the reason for the season. Love you all. Y'all be blessed. Peace.